Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I need to own up to something. I love sports, but I'm also a man, and a man with needs. I need fist pumping and yelling and spit flying from my athletes and coaches, and that's why I just can't do Kawhi Leonard caring about nothing. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a meatball. I might just be a sports dope, but I can't be the only one that is wired to be more drawn to athletes and coaches who are screaming and yelling and getting in people's faces and throwing their fists in the air than Kawhi Leonard sitting solemnly by himself in a suite with 15,000 people around him going crazy, and he is giving me nothing. Monday edition of Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Hey, we're going into a three-day weekend. So listen up and get focused, all right? Get focused. You can hold out the next five days. We're on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app. On your smart speaker as well, play ESPN 106.3. Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the sparkly and humid Intracoastal. So I I had to laugh to myself on Saturday night watching Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals. My boy D-Book and CP3 and the Suns, they're on the precipice of going to their first NBA Finals since 1993 when a certain GOAT wearing a 23 Chicago uniform got the better of him and won his third NBA championship. LeBron played for Chicago? <laughs> that would be Michael Jordan. By the way, that's Coquel. Uh, I'm Ken Lavica, and we are here with Don't you. Don't mind me today. But you, you've had a, a rough morning. We'll give that to we'll uh, we'll 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 make sure that, that you are calm and cool and collected here for the next hour. I'm going to even you out, okay? Oh boy! But uh, Staples Center is going crazy Saturday night. The Clippers with Paul George trying to push themselves, trying to will themselves uh, back into that game. And in the third quarter, they went through a run where uh, they were hitting absolutely everything. They were executed. They had finally broken down the Suns. And Paul George hits a mid-range jumper, part of a scoring spree for him. And Mike Breen on ESPN, as the camera pans to Kawhi Leonard, who is sitting by himself in a suite with his head in his hands, and everybody going crazy around him. This is what the call sounded like on ESPN. George looking to draw a foul, drills it. And this building has come alive. The lead is cut to six. Kawhi Leonard going crazy. <laughs> so Mike Breen goes total tongue-in-cheek on ESPN, and uh, it was great. I mean, it was. Uh, I, I mean, Mike Breen is the king. He is the best, and he's got the driest sense of humor possible, which is great, and it was perfect for that situation. But let's talk about Kawhi Leonard for a second, because at first it was cute. Kawhi... Never smiling, straight face all the time, never getting excited about anything. Guys are trying to dap him up in the tunnel going out to the court. He just waves him off or just looks straight ahead. Uh, it's, it's funny. like It's legit funny. And it's a personality quirk that I love about Kawhi Leonard. But I also, 
I find it so off-putting as well. Because me, as a sports fan, and I didn't realize it, I don't think, until Kawhi Leonard came around and came to the height of his powers, I'm so programmed to be drawn to great athletes, and we can extend this to coaches as well, who are yelly, screamy, spittle all over the place, pumping their fist, red-faced. Like, that's my type of athlete and coach. And Kawhi is like watching a wall. And I, I, I get uncomfortable seeing Kawhi when locker room celebrations are going on and he's just sitting there doing nothing. Or an arena full of people are going absolutely berserk, loud, thunderous noise, and he's doing nothing. I, it's so jarring to my sports fan system, and I can't be the only one, right, Coquel? Like, I can't be the only one who feels this way. You would have been proud of me this weekend at the Y in my basketball debut oh, as a fill-in coach. Oh, no. I was up and down the court, <laughs> stomping my feet. Stalking the sideline. Wait, oh, oh, what a timeout game? Charging on the court for high fives and yeah. fist bumps. Yeah. And then midway realizing that there's COVID stuff going on. I didn't know what to do with other people's kids. <laughs> I started like elbowing them in the nose because I ran out of things to do with my hands. <laughs> I, I, I like to picture you as one of those inflatable, uh, like wavy guys in front of car dealerships. I like, basically that's what was. I started the high five and then I realized I shouldn't. And I, and I didn't know. What, my arms were already up and I didn't know what to do with them. And it was just, a, it was a rough spot. The weird part for Kawhi with me, and I'm wondering if he'd be a little bit better if he was on the bench. Because not only is he stoic, he's away from his team. So yeah. I've, I've never seen a player injured be away from his team in the, in this situation yeah. and also look like he doesn't even want to be in the building. I think that I, I need some sort of ruling on this because I wonder if this makes me a sports meatball for expecting that I'm going to see yelling and screaming and stomping off the bench like Coquel did at his son's YMCA basketball game this weekend. 17-4 victory, by the way. Just oh, you guys. What kind of defense did you play? A little Bayheim and me put out the 2-3. <laughs> oh, I love you. Do you want your favorite players and coaches with or without emotion because we have to extend this to coaches as well and I do think this discussion might be better with coaches period but we have to involve coaches in this do you as a sports fan want your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm because if you bring this into the football realm, I think it's even more jarring. So for me, and I'm just going to give you my personal experiences as a Bears fan. The Bears transitioned in back-to-back coaches from Mike Ditka to Dave Wanstead. Ditka, screaming, yelling, scowling all the time, angry, uh, confrontational. Dave Wanstead never met a microphone that he never loved. He also uh, would stalk the sideline, get red face, scream at officials. But then in my childhood, it transitioned from all I knew, Ditka and Wanstead, to Dick Jaron, followed by Lovey Smith. Maybe the two most docile head coaches in NFL history. And this is where I think it might come from. Me being raised as a Bears fan, because all I knew was screaming and yelling. All I knew was alpha male. All I knew was like what Dan Campbell tries to be with the Detroit Lions that Uh. we make fun of. And then when the Bears were losing under Dick Chiron, and he wasn't saying anything, 
And anytime they panned to him on the sideline, he was just straight-faced and looking at a clipboard. It would drive me insane as buddy and sports fan me. I'd say, Dick, why aren't you yelling? What are you doing? Or what aren't you doing? And it drove me crazy, and I think that's that might be where this came from. Do me a favor. First of all, use appropriate language on the air. That's Thank his you. name, oh, Coquel. Oh, Would you be mad, though, if Belichick was your coach and you're winning and the guy was just standing <laughs> there? That's a great question. Like I just, but, but then I got it with Lovey Smith. So Lovey Smith was the exact same as Dick Chiron, except the Bears started winning. And that's when I started to come around a little bit on the pacifist coach, on the uh, quiet talking head coach. But that was new to me. Because I it, it, I had never known that to actually work before. But now that Kawhi Leonard, who is one of the greats in the NBA, but shows absolutely no emotion, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's happening, I find it off-putting, just like I found it off-putting when Larry Bird, when he was the head coach of the Pacers at the height of their powers, when they're going up against the Jordan Bulls in the second three-peat. And no matter what happened, good Bad Reggie Miller game winner, which he pushed off on Jordan and they didn't call the foul to force a game seven. No matter what happened, with people screaming whoa, 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 about whoa, Larry Bird. Whoa, 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 whoa. A Bulls fan, a Jordan fan complaining about someone else's push off. <laughs> Got it. Um, but you he, thought jazz. he would just stand there with his arms at his sides and not react to anything. And as a sports fan, that makes me feel weird it gives me a weird feeling in my stomach do you want your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 at ESPN West Palm is where you tweet at us but do you want your players or coaches with or without emotion are you into Kawhi Leonard or do you want someone more like uh, like a Mike Ditka in my football realm or like any typical NFL player? There aren't many NFL players that are just walking off the field expressionless, emotionless. You do see it sometimes in the NBA. Baseball players, there's a good portion of them that still, wish you sh- still say you should not show any sort of emotion whatsoever, no matter what happens in the sport, good or bad. But I, I need emotion, and I'm feeling more and more as I get older that I feed off of emotion. I feed off of reaction. And I just wonder how Kawhi Leonard's teammates, is it, do you think, Coquel, that it is for them when you're in a pressure situation, for them, it's it's easier to be around Kawhi because he's just the ultimate even keel? Like while or, playing? Yeah, or they need him to at least show something to them to let them know that like it's time to turn on and it's time to get aggressive and engaged. I think he had to at least, non-injured Kawhi, because he acted the same way while playing, had to at least prove himself first before the players understood what was happening. Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of like, wait a minute, does this guy even care? Yeah. You know, I, I don't. am I going to give him the ball when he doesn't even seem like he wants to be here right now? Injured, I don't think they care one way. I think they just laugh no, at Kawhi at this point. But he is the same way on the floor yeah. than he is in the suite by himself injured. And I just I don't like the stoic look. I was thinking you were talking about coaches. I'm thinking of my favorite coaches, the Jets, Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. Rex Ryan, both high energy. Boisterous. Guys. Now they got Robert Sala who would look like a maniac on the yep. uh, 49ers sideline as a defensive coordinator. So I think I'm going to be happy there in the coaching and as for players, you want your bench players to be celebrating, right? You don't want the stuff that goes on in the NCAA tournament where all the white guys who don't play create dances and stuff after three-pointers. 
Like, I don't need that, but yeah. I want the pure, raw emotion. But does the sport maybe make a difference and the position in said sport make a difference? Because I, I guess your quarterback, in pressure situations, you don't want him flailing around, fist pumping, jumping around as he's trying to get the yeah, offense to the line of scrimmage uh, in a two-minute drill. But you want him fired up. You want the guy who you know is going to go, you like, know. For me, like, and I'm just, and, and now we're talking about, like, playing with said athlete. But for me as a fan, that speaks to be more the outward yeah. expression of emotion. But I wonder, though, too, if that's just my personality. Like, there's nobody who's met me who would say, oh, yeah, Ken, he's easy going. <laughs> like, no, I'm uptight. I'm twitchy. I'm screamy. I'm fist pumpy. Like, that's my thing. And I like players who do that and coaches who do that because, one, I'm a meatball. But two, I feel like that it, that it speaks to me a little bit more. My favorite thing about you sometimes, and I'm going to pull back the curtain in our pre-show meetings, like I talk a lot and Ken's listening to maybe a quarter of what I say, <laughs> but he's also a fired up emotional guy. So sometimes he won't be listening and he'll jump in with all this emotion. And I won't be talking about anything important. I know. And he just wants to pretend he's listening and that's where his personality goes. So he'll be screaming about me talking about my coffee and not even understanding, thinking I'm talking about the show, but just over demonstrative. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's just me. But do you want, as a sports fan, your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Where's Coach Flo falling that, that See, that's the thing. I think he struck the balance. I think that Coach Flo is uh, calm when he needs to be and composed when he needs to be, but also he'll rip your ass if something goes poorly or he'll have your back if something starts to go down on the field. I mean, he's shown that. Um, and I do think that that may be, for me, there's more value when he does get into that crazy mode because he reserves it for the right moments than just him, that always being his his setting, his, his fallback setting. Like when Tony Sperano coached the Dolphins, and may he rest in peace. And I had a lot of respect for Tony Sperano. Uh, I thought he was a really good coach. I thought he was the recipient of some raw deals based on front office moves. But he was genuinely, on game days, always up. Like, always up to a point where I'm like, man, like he's, <laughs> I, I hope he stays like yeah. healthy. Um, and then you could see as seasons went on, it would wear on him. And he would come into press conferences looking exhausted. You could feel... Feel the exhaustion from him. Like, that wasn't him all the time. But three and a half hours of just complete up, intense, aggressive, that takes a lot out of you, which is why Flo is really impressive because he's able to sort of balance that. Now, Joe Philbin was so stoic and so quiet that it almost seemed artificial when he tried to get excitable. You can't fake it. You I mean, can't fake it. Like that's, it's that's so easy. It's, it's so much more easier to fake calmness when you're aggressive than it is to be a docile type and then try and force the aggression. Like, nothing got me more fired up as a Jets fan, and I'm sure the players did too, when Adam Gase's eyes would just start going crazy and you knew he was fired up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also... Uh, so, let's go back to my Chicago sports upbringing. Uh, Jerry Manuel former Met skipper. Before that, he was with the White Sox. And it would drive me absolutely crazy that Jerry Manuel never, ever, ever walked out of the dugout to argue with umpires. Nothing. He had some good teams there. 2003, the White Sox should have been in the playoffs, if not in the World Series, and they underperformed. And he refused to go out 
and fight for his team because that wasn't him. In fact, the Chicago newspapers in July of that season wrote a story about how he needed to show more aggression. He needed to stand up for his team, and the next night he forced it and went out and got himself ejected in the first inning, and it was really embarrassing because you knew that wasn't him. You're a Chicago original fan. Now you've stolen all the teams down here. Um, typical white guy just comes down mm-hmm. and takes whatever That's right. he wants. I just appropriate everything that I need. You think Jay Cutler's career would have been thought of better if he wasn't yes. just unquestionably. Jay Cutler? Unquestionably. Because there's no doubt Jay Cutler cared. And he was good for large portions of his career. But it was the blase... Facial expression, roll of the eye, sit on the bench, sit away from everybody that drew people into hating him. I mean despising him, no matter where he was. People in Denver thought the same thing that people in Chicago thought, that people in Miami thought about him, that he doesn't care, that he's selfish, that he's all in it for him because he is uh, is so reined in. It came off as off-putting. And so I think sports fans need to come to the realization that you have a type. You have a type. Is it a Kawhi type? Is it a Jay Cutler type? Or is it a Mike Ditka type? Is it a Rex Ryan type? Is it a Robert Solid type? And I think football probably, where our jumping off point is the NBA, but football really is the interesting case study with all of this. Because I'm going to say something very blasphemous to my Yankee fans. I hated Joe Torre. The way he would look like he was sleeping in the dugout. <laughs> I could not stand it. It drove me nuts. There are times when Jeter bothered me when he acted like he didn't care. But then he would fist pump and I'd fall in love with How him. How do you feel about all everywhere. the rings on Joe Torre's hand? I mean, if he wakes up to look at him, great. <laughs> oh, man. He would get so much credit for just sitting there and be like, oh, he's controlling the atmosphere. I'm like, no, he's just not getting in the way and he's letting the players play. As a sports fan, do you want your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion? 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 Twitter's always open. At ESPN West Palm. Fantasy Brad tweets in. I don't think meatball's the term that I'd use, but as a passionate sports fan, I think it's only normal to want to see your favorite athletes showing similar emotions. So, Brad thinks it's like what I proposed. Uh, you, you are naturally going to be drawn to the athlete or the coach that is more like you and for me it is uptight it is screamy it is yelly and that's how a point gets across kudos to especially the coaches that don't need that though to get a point across that don't need to go to that point um there aren't many of them in the NFL, but they exist. But I feel like Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith are probably the two prime examples, right? Like those are those are the two guys in NFL history that have had the most success as the uh, the stoic coach in the NBA. Larry Bird had success, won an Eastern Conference Final, uh, went to the finals with the Pacers. Phil Jackson, uh, I think he sometimes he was misinterpreted as a a sort of calm coach. He was just high. <laughs> yeah, he had... Uh, Probably. Yeah, he had the peyote. Um, but he was also uh, someone that when the situation lent to it, very much like Flo, he was aggressive, he was up, he was trying to make a point. Greg Popovich is very sort of docile But he'll go as to, well. But he'll get after it. He will. When, That's when the thing. Yeah. They just need to know that you'll really get out. Not fake it, but that it's in you. To get after it, then the players will be okay. It's just so interesting from a coaching perspective. Like, you've been in it. You've been a longtime high school football coach. Like, what do you find young athletes respond better to? Like, in your face, like, let's get this executed, or 
sit back, don't say anything, and let them work it out on their own, at least initially. Honestly, young kids nowadays a little bit more, and probably back then, but no one did it, just talking to them honestly. Just talking to them and coaching them up being, being frank positive. With them. And, and yeah. I know everybody's going to be like, oh, no, participation trophy, Coquel, blah, blah, blah. But like just being up front, being honest with them, tell them what they did wrong, and actually coaching them up at that age instead yeah. of just screaming at them. And But the emotion you bring out to get them fired up, like before games, pregame speeches, they get into that. But again, it's it's got to be real. They see through everything, yeah. much more than adults. Adults are jaded and then just mm-hmm. can't, they don't care enough. Kids want to believe in you, but they have to know it's real. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Do you want your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion? Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. If you want to get in the sports industry, if you want to work in an industry that you've been dreaming of, you didn't know how to get there, you didn't really quite know what steps to take, well, that's why there's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. For 21 years, they have been providing that path. They have opened the gate. They have made sure that their students are getting into the sports industry. Dr. Jim Reardon, he has always devolved in the times, and you can imagine uh, that the sports industry has changed a whole hell of a lot in 21 years. And part of the reason that he's been able to evolve and he teaches the most up-to-date, the most current curriculum of any MBA sport management program in the entire country and the world, it's because he has professors that are in the sports industry. They are teaching first-hand information. They are working in sports currently. That's what you're getting with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, whether the courses are on campus in Boca Raton or done remotely, any walk of life, uh, any life situation, whether you're right out of college or you're uh, a mother or father, family of four, and you're going back to school, that's where the FAU MBA Sport Management Program comes in, and it's for you. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Was Dwight Howard in attendance watching the team that ended his season last night? What? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Alive. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Lavica and Chris Coquette. Don't wanna be an American idiot. Dwight Howard in attendance last night at the Hawks Bucks Game Three of the Eastern Conference Finals. Wait a minute, didn't, didn't Dwight Howard get eliminated by the Hawks? Is that weird? Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Subscribe to the podcast, will you? Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, You can get it right to your phone, your tablet, and you can embrace it and bring it into your family every single day. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. Again, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Not just Apple. Stitcher. TuneIn. All of them, Ken. All of them. Get all the podcast. Or we will find you. When I say whenever or wherever you get your podcast, I mean it. Wherever you get your podcast. Publix, if you get them there, get them on Publix. Even in the darkest recesses of the internet, we are there. We actually do really well. I was looking at it. I was tracking our numbers. The mm-hmm. darker and uh, <laughs> scarier part of the internet, yeah, yeah. that's where we thrive. Uh, you Be one of us. You. Join that party. <laughs> Be weird and sketchy. Uh, so Dwight Howard was at Game 3 last night, and... There's a lot of reasons to tease Dwight Howard. I mean, one is Dwight Howard. He's just sort of aloof 
and goofy, and he's an easy target. Like, I think you would agree, Coquel. He's just an easy target. Uh, why? I love Dwight. You know what? It, it all started with that whole thing with Stan Van in Orlando oh, and okay. how disingenuous and, and how big a liar he was. And I don't think he's ever really... And he's a little soft. For a big man, sort of soft. For as, as, as large and imposing as he is, he's a little soft. But and that stayed with him. For Also, for being a surefire Hall of Famer, he also gets ripped a lot. Yeah. Like you're, that's you're right. People forget he is a surefire right. Hall of Famer. But fan. again, that's more of like a personality-driven thing, I, I think, the dislike for him. But let's not forget, like, he is, and it won't be the case in a couple of weeks, but he is an NBA, a defending NBA champion. He is an NBA champion. Um, but he was at Game 3 last night, taking in a game featuring the team that eliminated his 76ers in a Game 7. And at first... My reaction was sort of, oh, well, that's total Dwight Howard. Of course Dwight Howard would do something weird like that. Uh, Of course he'd have no wherewithal like that. He got knocked out of the playoffs after Game 7 by the the Hawks, and then he's going to show up and watch the Hawks last night? That makes no sense. But then as I was thinking about it more, I'm like, you know what? He's from the Atlanta area. He's probably a Hawks fan, and maybe the dude just likes basketball. So I actually, like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Dwight Howard being there. There's a lot of reasons to rip Dwight Howard. I don't think this is that. Uh, You can't go to the game after they knocked you out. I get it. And if it was the finals, it would be different. But the next series, the one that you could be playing in, now this is where I, come on. This is where I do question it a bit. Because me, if my team gets knocked out of the postseason, by a team, that team that knocked my squad out, I will not root for them after the fact. I will not watch them after the fact. I don't care if they're the underdog story of life. I don't care if they are a a sure thing Disney movie down the road. I want no part. Like if if I was an Iceland youth hockey fan in Mighty Ducks 2... Okay. Where are you going? If I was an Iceland youth hockey fan and the Mighty Ducks beat Iceland, I would not be rooting for the Mighty Ducks. Like I just would not do it. And that's how I feel as a fan. Like if the White Sox get knocked out, if the Dolphins get knocked out of the postseason, like I am not rooting for the team that beat my team in the playoffs. Dwight Howard conceivably was in Atlanta last night courtside watching the Hawks, a team that I'm presuming he is rooting for since he's from that area. He played there for a year. He did play there for a year. And and supporting them, even though they knocked him, him, out of the postseason days ago, like, I could see where that is an issue. But if he wants to watch basketball, sure. But I think it speaks to the bigger question. Do you ever root for a team that eliminated your team from the playoffs. Do you ever root for the team that ended your team's season? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. So let me present to you a hypothetical, Coquel. Okay. Say Robert Sala's the real deal, okay? That's right. Say that Zach Wilson is the real deal. Obviously. The, the Jets go to the playoffs. Uh, Fireman Ed is front and center, and so uh, uh, Gang Green, uh, they, they've arrived. This is a big deal. This is substantial. And they get knocked out of uh, the wild card round of the playoffs by, oh, I don't know, the Bengals. 
Okay. I don't know why I went to Jets that place. Bengals playoff but, game. I but, got but you. But say, say. I like, will tell you this, Ken. Before you keep going, this will be the only place in America you get a Jets Bengals playoff. <laughs> but like Joe Burrow, he's a feel good story. Okay. And the nation falls in love with Joe Burrow. Would you support the Bengals the rest of the playoff run? I would never do that except for last week when I said I'm rooting for the Hawks who, who uh, knocked Limited. out the Knicks. <laughs> but what? in your scenario, like if you tell me the scenario, no, I'm not rooting for the Bengals. Are you crazy? Do you and would you root for the team that eliminated your squad? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Plus, uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard being at the Hawks game last night, sitting courtside, presumably rooting for the Hawks after he, like he's not just a fan, he got knocked out. His Sixers got ended in a game seven. Is that okay? Like I say, yeah, that's fine. He likes basketball. Um, I wouldn't be able to do it because I will never root for a team that eliminates my squad from the postseason. I'm just incapable of it. I'm very, very petty. I'm very, very vengeful. It's just not going to happen. But do you root for the team that eliminated your squad, ended your squad season? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. There was a lot of reasons to bag on Dwight Howard. This is is absolutely not one of them. Uh, Greg is in West Palm. Greg, you're on ESPN 106.3. What's going on, Greg? How you doing? Calling about that rooting for your uh, team that beats you. Yeah. I personally would actually root for the team that beats me only because I want to say I was knocked out of the playoffs by the champions. Well said. That's very well said. And that is that, to me, is something that I will come to after the fact as a coping mechanism, but that's not something I can admit to during the playoffs after they eliminate my team. Like, I'm full-fledged. <laughs> I'm hate-rooting after that. And then if they do win the championship, after the fact, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, well, my squad lost to the eventual champion, so it's fine. Like, that's my coping mechanism there. But I'm with you. So you can, though, you, you will go to the default setting of rooting for that team in the hopes that then you can fall back on that, well, my squad lost to the eventual champs. I would, but it would take me time. It all depends on how invested I was in that season. Gotcha. If I was like gun ho and I, no, it's it's championship or bust. It's going to take me some time to actually root for that team. Yeah, that's a good call. I'm a a Celtics fan. Oh yeah, I'm being a Celtics fan. When we lost, when when Ray Allen went to the Heat, you know, it it was done. I wouldn't, I wouldn't root. Even though I live in Florida, I wouldn't root for the Heat for you know a couple of years. But now it's like if I was playing and I'm not that invested into the season, yeah, I could root for them the next season, next game, or next next day, whatever it is. So yeah. I don't think Dwight was really rooted or invested into his team that year or this year. Probably not. And I guess it's different for players, and appreciate the call. Like, I don't think— Seven teams. Seven teams Dwight Howard's been on, and oh, that was yeah. his first year with this team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, no, I get it. And I also think it is different for players because us as fans, I do feel like a lot of times we get more invo- emotionally invested in the tribalism of being the fan of a team than players do being involved in that organization. Like, there is such a separation between business and fandom. Well, that's the thing. Dwight Howard's like, uh, I'm off work. I'm yeah. on vacation. I'm on so. vacation, right. This is my summer vacation. Uh, let's go to Ryan in Jupiter. Ryan, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, uh, yeah, no, I can't root for a team. Um, it's just like uh, the Lightning are, you know, doing the whole uh, yeah Stanley Cup thing, and you know they beat the Panthers, but, right? You know, last year I rooted for for them because they were, uh, you know, a Florida team, but this year now I can't, you know. 
And I think, too, and and then, this goes into it, Ryan. Like, I spend a lot of energy uh, during playoff series where my teams are involved where I'm finding ways to not like them. Like, I am generating as much hate as possible because I'm emotionally invested into it. And it's hard for me after the fact to just do like hockey players do and shake hands after a seven-game series and move on. Like, I am, I am so... Uh, petty and vengeful after it because I had so much ha- sports fan hate pent up during that time. I can't just release it and say, oh, well, go lightning. Like, I'm with you. I, I can't. I'm incapable of doing that. Yeah, no, me too. I can't do that. I mean, that's like, you know, when the, the Patriots would, you know, come down and beat the Dolphins, you know, or they only got to win one of three games and, you know, and they go on to win the Super Bowl. No, I, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, people are like, oh, well, at least they're in the AFC East, you know. I'm yeah, like, yeah, but that's but no consolation, right? Yeah, that is exactly. no consolation. Right. Thanks for the call, Ryan. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's head to Stewart. That's where we find Mike. Mike, you're on Ken Levick alive. What's going on, Mike? Hi, how you doing? Uh, being a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. I agree with you. I spend most of my waking life hating the Steelers. Um, but every time they would win a Super Bowl, you know, we would always be the ones to say, yeah, they were yeah. the ones that knocked us out. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what that is, though, Mike, and I hate to tell you, but that is the sign of a loser franchise that you rooted for for your entire life. Like, wow. You, you, I mean, that is now their fortunes are turning, so that makes me feel better for you. But when you have a loser franchise and you're a fan, I imagine you just were born into becoming a fan of that franchise. No fault of your own, Mike, but that is the default. Like, oh, yeah, well, we, we played the champions twice a year. So that's to make yourself feel better, and that's what's kept you sane. So that's good. Good, Mike. Like you have a, a good well, head on yeah, your well, At least I paid loyal. You know, I, I had to stick yep. with it because eventually, hopefully, it, you know, it'll tides are turning now. I don't know, Mike. That's a loser franchise. I could never root for a loser. No, franchise. Mike. Mike, I do want to ask you: How many times did you consider jumping ship over your lifetime? A, how many times did you consider jumping ship as a fan of the Browns in your lifetime? Oh, every time we said next year. Every time we <laughs> so said yearly. next year. So yearly. This was an annual tradition you know. for you. Gotcha. <laughs> and I'm a Pennsylvania guy, too, so oh. it's kind of a dichotomy there for me to be a Browns fan. Yeah, you're living in the, you're living in the crap in that spot. Man, oh, man. Mike, appreciate the call. Uh, can you root for the team that eliminates your squad out of the postseason? Dwight Howard looks like he was, he was doing it last night. Joel's in Jupiter. Joel, it's a Monday. You're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, man? Not much. Not much. I mean, from my personal experience, I haven't had you know, a lot of playoff experience as a Bills fan down here in South Florida. Um, but the, I think a lot of it depends on how you lose. Like, we lost to the Chiefs last year, and I, I really generally feel like we could have beat them. Mm-hmm. Like, so that kind of hurt. You know what I mean? But if we, if you just get beat straight up, I mean, it's, it's okay to root for that team because you just got to be straight up and you want to lose to the champions. That does ease the pain a little bit. You're right. There are levels to this whole thing. And like our first caller said, it depends the type of season you had. If you just snuck into the playoffs, like you can't hate watch after the factor. It's very difficult to make that case. But if you were the favorite, like that, that changes the equation. But an upstart like the Bills who hung tough with the Chiefs, yeah. I, I, I imagine that it probably made it a little bit easier. There's disappointment, but you got over it a lot quicker than, say, uh, Bills, Giants, Super Bowl, Scott Norwood. Sorry to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, you had to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Joel, I'm sorry I went to that place. Hey, I'll save it. 
three-day weekend is coming up. Is that better? Yeah, thank you. All right, good. Perfect. (laughs) Appreciate the call, Joel. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel and uh, Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. I talk about it a lot, but there's a reason why. I love my car. My Kia K5 GT is gorgeous and blue and legendary. I went to take my kids to get donuts this weekend, and there was a table... Not even like five different people talking about the K5 and how great it no is. Way. Now it's the hottest car out there. I wanted to be like, do you know Ken Levicka? But then I was like, all right, let me not get uh, down there. Maybe they got it at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. And if you're looking for an automobile, an affordable automobile, one that's safe, one that is going to give you good mileage, one that's going to make sure your family gets to and from, well, Kia has a wide variety of those. Uh, Greenway Kia West Palm Beach has all of them, and it doesn't have to be the K5 GT. And you don't have to have good credit to get a car at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. They are in it for you. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach Military Trail, West Palm Beach, right by PBI. The credit clinic over there, they have bank representatives on site. If you have a job bringing home three fifty a week, the credit clinic at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach wants to approve you. That's right. They want to approve you. They want to work with you, not just deny you. A new 2021 Kia Forte, zero down payment, only two sixty five a month. Like That's legitimately insane. And mention this ad. Mention you heard it on Ken Levick Alive. You receive a flat screen TV with your new Kia purchase. That's Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. I'm a customer. You'll love it. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. And like I said, it is a three-day weekend. This would be a great time to head over to Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Uh, Many people that hear me here on ESPN 106.3 know that I'm terrible at math. Uh, I have no concept of how to do even simple math. And so Damian Lillard could be available. Damian Lillard could be traded. Would he be great with the Heat? Uh, Yes. And that's my analysis. I want Damian Lillard with the Heat. But can it actually happen? Is it possible? And what does it mean? Someone who actually knows what he's talking Mm, about. Basketball nerd coming up next. He's on the trade machine all the time. He's on at 5 o'clock every day here. Oh, Evan Cohen. No, 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 no. Evan Cohen joins us next to talk Heat Damian Lillard. Can it happen? What does it mean? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levicka Live. Here's Ken Levicka and Chris Coquel. I'm about to blow your mind with this take. I think the Heat would win a lot of games with Damian Lillard. Oof. Sit down after that one. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Now, I am not good with math. And like I said, even simple math. Uh, I really generally don't hit up the trade machine. But I know who does. And I reached out because I wanted to pick his brain because he's smart. And he knows math. And he knows the trade machine. Uh, and it's just good to talk to this man. Uh, Evan Cohen, commercial free, 5 o'clock every day here on ESPN 106.3. He jumps on here for a couple of minutes to talk about Damian Lillard and the Heat. Uh, Evan, uh, before before we actually get into Damian Lillard, do you prefer yes. your athletes and coaches uh, with a lot of emotion or no emotion like Kawhi Leonard? Well, Ken, I'm glad you asked because um, let, let me just go through a couple of things that I've learned today. <laughs> Ken Levicka out loud on ESPN 106.3, Ken Levicka <laughs> Live, noon until 1, said that the two most successful stoic coaches in the history of, of football <laughs> 
would be Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Does Bill Belichick do jumping All right, jacks okay. All right. on I the sidelines? Him. I overlooked You, you overlooked him. Okay, let, let's. Th- so we're going to start there. I'm not done. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. You're going to invite me out. You're going to get an air check with it. I didn't know you were going to ombudsman me here. Oh, yeah. You're damn right I am. <laughs> I've been dealing with you doing this for me for a decade plus. You get your own show. Right, well, now go. payback's a, you know, a cocoa. <laughs> so here we go. Round two, uh-huh. okay? So let's be clear on this Dwight Howard thing, which you wouldn't have known that unless you saw me tweeted at Jeanette Javier. You hear five P to six P because she hates co- um, well, she hates Coquel, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> she hates Dwight Howard, and so I tweeted that that he was at the game last uh-huh. night. Which I give you credit, I did not have that in my back pocket to make into a big deal. You did a good job making that into a big deal, but let's at least acknowledge the fact that we make this into a weird thing because of who it is. Yeah, for sure. Right? If Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry were sitting there together, we would, led by me, all be drooling over, oh my God, these guys are such freaking winners. They love, they basketball, love basketball so right. much. <laughs> exactly. If Jimmy was there, my pants would be off. Like, <laughs> this guy just is yeah. addicted to this sport. He can't get enough of this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's be clear on that. That the, the who is weirder than the what, uh-huh. right? I In agree. this case? I agree. I completely agree. But it also, like, I can't watch teams that beat my squad. Like, I can't do it. So kudos to Dwight Howard for being mentally tough enough do to do it. Do you think he well. knows he was on the Sixers this year? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously. You know, the guy's been in every... T- I know we don't have to focus on divisions, but I, I like saying it this way. Outside of the Heat, he's been on every team in the NBA's Southeast Division. That is a great call. And what, the entirety of the division. And, and Coquel did the math. It's seven in total, right? He's been with seven different right, teams. Right, so, but in that division, every single the one. Heat, the Magic, the Hornets, the, Hawks. the Wizards, and the Hawks. Right. He's been. Did I say the Hornets? Yeah, he's been on all of them. So anyway, I just uh, now that we're catching up on that. Um, no, well, see, the thing is, the beauty of being a front runner is you don't have to worry about when your team gets beat because then you don't have to point. worry about the other team beating them. That is a great point. You are a very even keel fan because you just support the winners. So that's the. But way I to use go. my college team, like Wisconsin. Okay. Right. So when I was at the University of Wisconsin. They would lose to Michigan every year. Mm-hmm. How no am I rooting for Michigan after that? Yeah, yeah. I want them to lose in miserable fashion. Absolutely not. No way would I root for the team that beats my team. I don't even understand. I don't get the whole rooting for the conference thing, oh, whether it's college yeah. or pro. It doesn't make any yep. sense. Oh, an NFC guy. You're an NFC right. guy. That's so sick. We talked I about understand that understand being week. an NFT guy more than I understand <laughs> being an NFC guy. I know nothing I mean, about the doing? NFTs. But we did, that, we did that last week. We talked about because uh, the Canadians are in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, oh, Canada's rooting for Montreal. Why? Why? And then the SEC dopes who always no, follow No, wait, that's team. different. That's different. No, you don't think that's, that's different for a country? It's, no, because if you're a Maple Leafs fan, like there's hatred, legit hatred there. You don't just flip the switch and say, oh, I'm going to wave the Maple Leaf around, uh, the red one, not the uh, mascot uh, of the actual hockey team. But like that's... That's total, total... Thanks, Dino Bravo. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's lame. That's totally lame, and I think that is such a violation of fan code to do something like that. Well, then, okay, so then can you root against your country? Uh, in what capacity, though? Like, well, no, not in real life. Uh, I'm saying, like, <laughs> like sports-wise. So, yeah, so, like, you're a big soccer guy. Yeah. Like, could you, if there's... Like, if you don't like the United States Olympic soccer team, theoretically, mm-hmm. and you want to root for, like, Mexico or Spain or something like that, could Ooh. you do that? I mean, I suppose, but that that is tough to digest. That I mean, I guess you could, but I don't know why you would. Because even at that level, like, there are players I don't like um, that play for the U.S. national team. And when it comes to the World Cup or the Gold Cup, I am all in on Believe that. Believe red, white, and blue. Absolutely. 
Right, but if you're saying so, France is a Coquel's a big France guy with the red, white, and blue. Um, so I just want to so I want to understand. So if you're saying you can't root for your country, you then you can't get root against your rooting country, for your country. And I'm not saying I would. I'm saying that you would be the most likely one to do that. What I'm saying, though, rooting for your country on a, an organizational level, like you can't do that. Like I'm sure that there's crossover between Canadians players and Maple Leafs players, and in the Winter Olympics, like yeah, you get behind the country. But I'm not just going to get behind a team because they play in said country in the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, whatever. Like, I, I'm not doing that. And I know that that's also, different. Look, leave Dick Duran alone. You took a shot at Dick Duran earlier. I once walked years ago around all of New York City, me, Dick Duran, his daughter, and my son. So leave him alone. Good I, man. Yeah, he is a good man. Just uh, show some emotion. Come on, man. Like, just yell at someone. Show some emotion. I love how you say you're like, oh, I'm so emotional, I'm excitable. No, you're scared of your own shadow <laughs> is what you are, Ken. I said I'm twitchy and anxiety ridden. Like, that's part of it. Yes, you're right. Anyway, you Can we rang? talk about the heat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Damian Lillard to the hey, heat. At least I came prepared. One of the three people on the show did, I guess, today. <laughs> do, uh, do, do you think this can actually realistically happen? Damian Lillard to the heat. Yeah, so, okay, let me just let me just do this for you here. And this is the way. You don't have to like know the salary cap or anything like okay. that to be able to do this. Okay. So here's the question for you. Are you willing to trade in whatever trade I could come up with for you? Are you willing to trade Bam Adebayo yes. for Dame Lillard? Yes. Okay. So then it becomes, if you're willing to trade Bam Adebayo for Dame Lillard, and I don't believe that they will get an offer better than Bam Adebayo if they decide to le- to trade Dame Lillard. Mm-hmm. I happen to be in the pro-Ben Simmons camp. I know I'm. it's probably just me and him Ooh, yeah, at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the fast minority there. Me too, Ooh, yeah. boy. Um. You are Coquel? Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, I'm a big Embiid guy. All of a sudden, I don't know what happened here. Um, so, <laughs> so I I don't know that that Ben Simmons would be more attractive than Bam would be. I don't even know that Michael Porter Jr., who I'm sure will get mentioned from Denver, who people say I look like. It's why I brought him up there. Um, <laughs> really? That he would be mentioned. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, if you're willing to trade Bam for him. Then the answer is yes, Ken. It can get done because he – so forever with, with the Heat, the money – the way to make the contracts work for the Heat was always, well, you have Goran Dragic or Andre Iguodala, yeah. right? And then it's said, well, the other team, are they really going to be interested in Goran Dragic and Andre Iguodala? Not that they're not great players, but why would a team that would be willing to trade Dame be willing to take on right. two guys that would be better off playing with Dame on right. a veteran-laden team? Right. Well, Bam's contract kicks in next year. So Bam is, is under control, five years locked in, no opt-out, which is really exciting for a, a team like Portland, in theory, mm-hmm. that would have him starting at 28.1 next year. Dame's salary next year for the 21-22 is 39.4. Or sorry, 39.3. So it means that there's about $10 million worth to make up, sure. which the Heat can easily make that up by way of Tyler Hero and others. So if I add Tyler Hero to the mix, because the Heat do not have draft capital to give up. So if you're the Heat and you're interested in making a trade for Dame Lillard, you have to be willing to do two things. One, give up Bam Adebayo. And two, be willing to give up what had been considered the prize piece of what you wouldn't give up in a James Harden or other deal, Tyler Hero. So Ken, are you willing to do that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so now if you're Portland, are you willing to make a deal for Dame Lillard or to trade Dame Lillard for Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and whatever else you want to throw in there, not Duncan Robinson, um, that you would look at it and say that's enough for us without draft picks? 
And I guess that's where the difficulty comes in. Like, I would think Bam would be enough, but I'm a little bit shook off of Bam's postseason, to be honest. Okay, so now you have downgraded Bam from an A-plus to an A, let's say. Yeah. And you probably have downgraded Tyler Hero from an A to a B. <laughs> yes, yes. So now I have an A and a B for an A-plus. Now, I don't know how they would look at that. So then, usually what happens in this case is teams would then say, if you're not giving us enough, and you're not giving us draft picks... You then need to take something of mm-hmm. ours that we are willing to dump on you that we don't want and no one else wants. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is, who is that person? Not to sit here and get into a Portland Trailblazers breakdown, but the, arguably the worst contract on Portland is C.J. McCollum, three years left at about $30 million. But that's not a dump. That's something no. you're going to look for value in return. You can use so that this as an is, asset. Yeah. This is why, unless Dame Lillard says, I'm only going to go to Miami, but I don't even know what capacity he has to say that right now because of the fact that he is he is under contract and I don't think he's going to pull a Harden and all of a sudden become Coquel and I looks wise and you know have a belly playing in, in basketball I don't think that's Dame to do that I don't know how the Heat unfortunately get this done yeah yeah no I I agree it seems like the odds are seriously stacked against them all right Evan now do the Knicks they have a much easier time but with the less they have a lesser like peace, right? So as good as you would think quickly, would Emmanuel quickly, their draft pick out of Kentucky would be, or even RJ Barrett. Um, those guys are not locked up long-term under the, like the, the super max kind of contract. So you're going to be in an evaluation period with two young guys. They have tons of draft picks and they have cap space to make it easy. But is that more exciting than Bam Adebayo if you're Portland? I don't personally think so because there's no guarantee the picks would hit. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that once these guys get extension eligible, Barrett and quickly specifically, that I would look at it and say, ah, yeah, you know what? Like that, that's really like, what if you don't want to extend them to a max deal? Then what did you give up a dame for? Right. Or it's a moot point and he stays in Portland. Yeah, I mean, because the the Chris Haynes report from Yahoo was not one that said he was asking out. Yeah. It was that he was getting to a point where he's getting antsy, in right. essence. And, and he was, Damian Lillard was on social media saying that it, it, presumably he was happy with Chauncey Billups as the head coach before the blowback came based on Chauncey Billups' past that Damian Lillard says he wasn't aware of. Which I wasn't aware of, I'm going to be honest with you. And I've interviewed Chauncey Billups face-to-face, and I had no idea about that. Yeah, and I think that that's... i, I got to be honest, I did not know about a sexual assault in 97 he was accused of, which is, which is interesting because he is getting a lot of heat for the accusation but not the convic- conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason Kidd is hired by the Mavs with right. no comments with a rap sheet. Right, right. I agree. I agree. It seems like a little bit of a cherry-picking, able to get fury over something because it's convenient type of situation. Can I, can I just add one other thing on the Dame to the Heat yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen because I don't think it works necessarily in terms of all the math, but I was thinking about something. Because of the fact that, that the contracts for BAM kicks in, what's really interesting if you're the Heat, is I believe what you could do is basically decline the options for both Iguodala and Goran Dragic, renounce their rights. They're not going to be back on the team most likely. In that scenario, you free up a ton of cap space. You make the trade, and you still have cap space. So you would sign – other way, excuse me. You'd sign a free agent. Let's say they want a Kyle Lowry and Dame Lillard. Okay. Theoretically, you could sign Kyle Lowry into the space that you have then created and then use the matching dollars for dollars with the Dame trade. 
Huh. Which is really interesting. I don't think there's a guy that you would sign that would be like a replacement for Bam. Yeah. Where you could say, oh, we're going to get this guy. And then still, like, the interesting thing about the Dame move is that if Portland said yes, he can make multiple moves off of this because of the fact they have cap space or could have cap space. Well, that does make me feel a little bit better, but I, I, I still think that Damian Lillard ends up staying in Portland, and it, we know that the Heat are down the list on the best options to go trade for Damian Lillard. Let me ask you one other thing. Yep. Bo- both of you guys. Do you believe the Heat would trade Bam Adebayo for Damian Lillard? You said you would. Do you believe the Heat would? Yes. I think so. I, I, I do truly think so, yes. And especially in this NBA where I get the value of a, a talented big who can stretch out defenses, but if that big isn't going to actually stretch out defenses, then you've got to get an elite perimeter player. I also think oh. they'll, they'll be three steps ahead and have something else figured out like you just explained. So now I'll ask you one other thing for the third last thing. Um, <laughs> take a motion out of it, okay? And I wouldn't do this, but take a motion out of it. If I said to you, you can get Dame Lillard and you have to trade one of, and it's your pick, Jimmy or Bam, who would you trade? Jimmy. I would say Jimmy as well. I love him, but I'd also want it. It would make more sense from a true basketball standpoint. And I'd say Bam. Jimmy Butler plays the positions that win today. Bam does not. Interesting. Centers don't win. Yeah. And yeah. right now he's a center. It's true. And like I just said, if he's not going to stretch the defenses like he's capable of doing, then he is just a true center. He's I don't care if he stretches the defenses. If he can't make shots near the basket, it doesn't matter if he can stretch True. the defense because <laughs> now you're not going to play him anywhere yeah. at all. If he's not going to take his jump shot and he's not going to hit it close right. in, yeah, that's a, a big problem. Evan, thank you so much. That cleared up a you're lot. You're welcome. Evan you're welcome. Cohen, uh, weekdays at 5. You'll hear him today, 5 o'clock commercial free here on ESPN 106.3. Let's get to our coolest moment of the weekend. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. And it happened on the PGA Tour. Yesterday, the Travelers Championship went to a marathon that finished like this. Here it is. It's over. Harris English ends it with a birdie on the eighth playoff hole. That's right. Eight playoff holes yesterday to decide the Travelers Championship. Harris English takes out Kramer Hickok, who had made several, several clutch putts consecutively to extend it to eight playoff holes. And that uh, Travelers Championship finish won by Harris English is the EDS coolest moment of the week. EDS Air Conditioning, edsairconditioning.com. It is hot. It is summer. It is South Florida. If the AC goes out, you are in a tough spot, kiddos. That's where EDS Air Conditioning comes in. edsairconditioning.com. EDS is, yes, they're a trained comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They are elite level, and they have their appointment windows that are based around your schedule, not theirs. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes, edsairconditioning.com. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Tonight, I say one thing. Go Suns. D-Book. My guy. Let's go. Let's get Phoenix into the NBA Finals. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. Thanks to Evan Cohen. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Goodbye.